Hello and welcome back to Tetetet by Fresco Media. We're on the day of the launch of the Indian Super League's later season, um, mouth-watering season in prospect. And joining me is Dibiti once again. Um, are the is are the butterflies tingling in your stomach yet? I think so. I think today is the first first game, first big game also with ATK and Kerala Blasters. And uh, I think this episode is one of the most exciting ones because we've we've been doing team previews from a very very young age. We all like, love to discuss the players, the coach, and I think this one is going to be a very interesting one. You know, this is a season that uh, has because of the fact that it's taking place in a remote location that is Goa and. Uh, um they're living in a bio bubble this is the first time i think isl squads are more than 30 members uh, in strength and that's that's a huge huge amount of players that are heading to goa to uh, you know play in the tournament considering that you know four or five years ago it was probably only 20 absolutely i, th- I think this kind of sets a, a new set of challenges to the team i mean staying together for this long the team environment the dressing room environment is going to play a big part uh, going into four four months five months and uh, i think it's going to play a very crucial role to uh, in terms of you know how these teams perform before we go on to, into each team's um, prospects heading into the season uh, what are the key kind of trends that we are expecting to see coming into the season of course because of the fact that these teams are in a bio bubble for five or six months during the duration of the league it's it's not similar to what the european teams are facing because they're not living in a bio bubble per se and they have a longer 9 month season but what are the major challenges you expect from uh, four teams and for the league heading into this i think obviously safety is a huge concern because uh, we have seen that even with all the bio bubbles and the uh, safety pre- uh, precautions that the european league- leagues are taking there have been a constant uh, uh, players getting affected by the virus so i think that's going to be very crucial to contain because uh, the uncertainty that the league can stop at any time it still looms large even though we have like moved on from the virus and how uh, drastically it had affected our lives but i think that's that's one big challenge for them but again i think the as we have seen in the european leagues the fans uh, not being in the stadiums plays a huge part because i think the home away advantage is just not there anymore so Uh, i think that's going to play a huge part in terms of how this how the matches are going to go because sometimes you know the fans just rally behind the team and you somehow it just you know pumps up the players and it gives you a cause for a good good entertainment in the match and i think that's one thing that we'll And also think the unique nature of the ISL in that there are only 11 teams and um you'd say that going into every season every team has the first 10 or 12 games really to put a um, good challenge to kind of make it to the top 4 we've seen a few late resurgences you know chennai and fc last year who were eighth at the midway point or bottom of the table uh, came up to play in the playoffs but i think the first 10 games are so crucial not just because of the fact that you need to get as many points as you can but also the fact that uh, the mental side cannot be discounted because um living in a bio bubble without your families and without access to fans and basically living in your own world you need to have a good positive atmosphere and if that if bad results kind of disturb um uh, kind of disturb that atmosphere within the dressing room within the bio bubble i think there'll be big consequences as a result of that another thing on that note is that coaches who have been appointed for each team this season um you know they have to perform and the teams themselves need to put their 100% faith in them because replacing coaches is not going to be very easy if you know a team gets off to a bad start so i think this is a season of confidence 
and I think the teams with the most confidence will probably win it. What do you think? Absolutely, I think there are new coaches in uh, in the teams. I think one of the exciting coaches who have come on uh, to the ISL is Juan Fernando for FC Goa, and coaches like him and. Uh, Sergio Lobera, who Carlos Quadrat, who like to play a style of football that's uh, uh, that's very modern. That's very uh, what do you say? They kind of encompass the idea of uh, total football. They play a good playing. They play out of the back. They build up the play. They like to play with the ball at their feet, keep on possession. And I think they these kind of coaches would like to impose their philosophy onto the team, which sometimes can be very difficult. And given the fact that the preseason has been very short, they haven't had a lot of time with the teams. The foreigners had to go through the mandatory quarantine period, uh, and that kind of uh, gives you less time to make your team very uh, cohesive in that sense. But you also have coaches uh, uh, who have seasoned professionals like uh, Antonio Habas. You have Stuart Baxter, Owen Cole, who are very you know for them a shorter league is kind of uh, good for them because it gives you a sense of a knockout uh, competition. They go in for the results and not for the football. Uh, they are very direct approach. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to see how these all these teams adapt to it. And also, I think there's a very plethora of there's a lot of a lot of young uh, Indian players out there. And I'm really excited to see how much chance they get to perform and uh, what they have in the store. Speaking of style of football and total football, do uh, listen to episode three where we discuss how Delhi Dynamos and Feyenoord um, fail to implement a style of total football and ethical football. Uh, I think you'll be pretty amused by that uh, whole episode. Um, so moving on then to the first team we're going to discuss on this one, and I want to start off with Northeast United, um, probably the least talked about club uh, in the ISL heading into the season, and for obvious reasons, the uh, I mean they're not the most flamboyant or most glamorous franchise in this league, nor have they experienced any success. They've they've made the playoffs only once um, in their history. So what do you see from them? They've they've had the biggest. Um, change in terms of personnel, you know, 19 ins and 15 outs. How much of a challenge do you think it is to get the new team gelling together? I think there's no pressure in terms of uh, getting results for Northeast United this season because just just from the team on paper, they look they look like a weaker side. So any positive results, I think, is going to be good for them. And I, I think they're, they're going to try and set, a, they're going to try and get a core set of players who are going to help them in the coming seasons. I don't see uh, Northeast challenging for the title or for the playoffs this season by any means because there are other teams who are just you know hugely talented, hugely uh, superior in terms of quality. But I think again, but there are a few players that we should be looking at. I think there are Luis Mercado, uh, who's been very prolific for Northeast United, and I think the acquisition of Ashutosh Mehta, who's recently a I League champion, uh, so he's going to add a lot of. Uh, Quality and experience to the side. Hey, listen, don't get hairy, sir. Ashutosh Mehta belongs to the I League. We've seen him rip it apart there, but the I said is a completely different animal. Of course, that's also there, but you must give him a chance to see how he does. And I, then again, I think they have a uh, experienced keeper and Shubhashish Roy Choudhury because I think that's not changing. He's going to be a mainstay in the team. Uh, so the, it's not not the worst. I think they have young uh, players from the northeast also who could be very exciting. Uh, because they always there's always a lot of talent coming in from the northeast, so there's a lot of chance that we're going to see individual brilliance from these guys. Uh, maybe a few players who are going to move on to better franchises uh, in the coming seasons. But as a team, again, I don't see northeast performing that that well. They're not the one to watch out for. Um, under new manager Gerard Nos, um, just to give a background on the manager, um, he used to be Rafa Benitez's assistant at Liverpool and was also an assistant to Avram Grant, who 
the former Chelsea boss, of course, who actually did take over the interim job at Northeast United a couple of seasons ago. Uh, moving on then to Hyderabad FC, who similarly had a very disappointing um, campaign last season. A lot of changes. Um, they proposed the big change of Albert Roca taking the helm. And Albert Roca, the former BFC manager, was appointed as the Hyderabad manager, um, you know, at the midpoint of last season. And is not the manager this season for a very good reason, actually. And um, Ronald Koeman, the Barcelona manager, wanted him as part of his backroom staff. Um, Albert Roca himself has a good history, a good relationship with Barcelona, having been their assistant manager during the Frank Rijkaard days. So that's probably a bittersweet story for Indian football. We wanted to see him um, construct and build a project around Hyderabad FC, who, of course, uh, like we mentioned in the previous episode, have forged a strategic strategic partnership with Borussia Dortmund. Um, a lot of on-field worries, of course, um, talking about Hyderabad, especially in the defence and the goalkeeping position. So, have they done anything to address these problems? I think, first of all, the fact that they replaced Albert Roca with Manuel Marquez Roca is kind of a really funny uh, acquisition for them, signing for them. Just replace Roca with another one. <laughs> World is a small pace. Think... You replace Roca with Roca. Uh, but again, coming to the goalkeeping, uh, for their goalkeepers, I think they're going to stick with... Uh, but they have uh, Shubhata Paul, who's... They've recently uh, signed Shubhata Paul, who's, again, aging. Seems like this man is going to go on for years. Uh, it's never-ending career. Uh, but A.K.A. Spider-Man, of A.K.A. Course. Spider-Man. And also the fact that he's going to be challenged by Kattivani, who's somehow, in a way, trying to resurrect his career. I think he's had a very good season a few seasons back uh, in the I, in the ISL, and ever since he's kind of fallen out of the fray. So I'd ex- I'm I'm looking for Shubhadeep Paul to be starting the games, but I think there's going to be chances that Katimani is going to be challenging for that number one spot uh, very soon if Shubhadeep is not up to uh, up to scratch uh, for that match. I think on the back of last season's howlers, there's no way Katimani is going to make it. <laughs> Uh, of course, that's why that's why the new signing for Shubhato Paul, who's experienced, who's in wise old head, and uh, you know he's he's something you won't expect him to be revolutionary with the ball at his feet, but again you would expect him to be doing the basics right, you know, and that's uh, very essential for a football team to have a goalkeeper who's assured of what he's doing, and that gives a quite a good confidence to the defense midfield and going forward. Well, the the franchise has finally gotten rid of Marcelino. Uh, in my opinion, that's a fantastic move because. For the longest time, he was just uh, he was he was almost like a like a problem for them. Um, just staying on season after season, um, he's a destructive figure in my opinion. Uh, having seen him play for that team, so they've brought in a few new signings. Uh, Joel Chianese, who's uh, who used to play in the A League for Perth Glory, he's an exciting one to watch. As are a lot of A League stars actually playing the trade in the Indian Super League this season, and they've even signed Joao Victor. So. A few astute signings, I hope, for Hyderabad, but the concern always remains at the at the back, you know. Um, Subrata Paul, like you mentioned, is one of the top keepers in India and should kind of shore up that back line, but we wait and see because there's a lot of inexperience there. So, Hyderabad faces a tough season. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Moving on then to a team that didn't really hit any expectations that were set out for them. And I'm talking about Jamshedpur because... I think naturally progressing on from the first two seasons in the ISL, you expected them to kick on and kind of finish in that playoff spot. And after starting so well um, with Sergio Castell leading the line, his injury kind of rocked the whole team. So have they done anything to kind of um, you know compensate for those goals? Of course, they signed Valskis, who was the top scorer in the ISL last year, moving on 
from Chennai and uh, Chennai's coach as well. Owen Coyle has made the move to Jamshedpur. For but what else do you see from them in terms of progress? In terms of signing progress, I think Jamshedpur has been very low key in the transfer market. I think uh, the Valsis is a very good signing because I think the bulk of the goals are going to be uh, on his shoulders. Uh, and they have also, but I think they have a very good Indian core, and which is going to be very essential for them. Again, their goalkeeping is as uh, let's say very unsure. Who's going to get the number one spot for them? They have uh, Pawan Kumar, who's been very error prone. They have T P Rahanesh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, these two keepers, incidentally, uh, were in goal for Northeast United last season, and they shared the goal, uh, the duties between the goalposts. Uh, quite ironic. And um, uh, just like Katimadi and Kamaljeet at Hyderabad, I mean these two keepers, there there are no words to describe some of their actions that they performed. Absolutely, last I think that's where they really lack, and I think that kind of uh, lack in quality moves up to moves up to the backline. Also, you you see the Indian core that they have. I think there's a very good lot of talent in Narendra Gehlo, but again, uh, he's also I'm not sure if he's playing centre back, he's playing left back because a lot of a uh, lot of matches last season he played at left back, uh, so. Let's. We have to see. They have Ricky. I think he's a left back. Ricky played for uh, ATK uh, in the very dubious season under uh, Teddy Sheringham and Alex uh, and Ashley Westwood. So I'm not sure how they're gonna go about their backline. I think that's that's where uh, their weakness lies. But I think they have a very strong Indian midfield. If you see, look at Amarjeet. If you see Jitendra, you see Mubashir Rahman, uh, and you have Jackie Chan Singh, who's also a seasoned pro. Uh, so I expect. A lot from this combination of youth and experience here, uh, Alex Lima, and I think there's a young uh, Indian player you should be watching out for is Ashish Rai, and he's a very good uh, player who plays plays on the left hand side. He can play left wing, he can play left back, and I think that's and these young players are what is going to be the key for Owen Coyle's side because as he mentioned in a recent interview, he's looking forward to these talents who to really light up the stage. Yeah, Owen Cole strikes you as a manager who loves this kind of format where it's all about the results and not about the style. Uh, you talked about it at the start of this episode, and um, what better to have Stephen Eze, who is a Nigerian um, centre back and has played for Nigeria thirteen times, uh, replacing Tiri because Tiri has been the leader of this side for the last three years, no doubt denying that, and is a big miss for this side, and especially at the back. So, I mean, pairing Stephen Eze with Pete, uh, Peter Hartley, who's also one of Owen Coyle's signings is a good move. I think getting that comfort level between the manager and the backline is a very important uh, relationship going to the early stages of the season. And I think that will pay off for him. But also, you know, one thing I want to kind of a small point that could affect them. Uh, we spoke about the mental side of things. Now, Atletico Madrid do have a keen interest on Jamshedpur's proceedings. And before Owen Coyle was appointed as the manager, they had a few concerns because of the fact that he's just not Spanish and not their pick. So, do you see, um, you know, post start kind of uh, affecting their off pitch morale? It could, it could, but it all depends on how they are performing. I think if they get off to a good start, I think if they win the first, uh, I think if they get good results, take some points in the first three games. I think that sets the tone for the team, uh, and because that's how they'll be looking at uh, looking at the uh, season. Because a team, any team that who wants to get a head start into the league, uh, it really helps the morale for them. Because go if you're ahead on points, if you're ahead on the table, uh, it kind of teams sometimes just perform on confidence, and you've seen it in the past. Uh, and Owen Cole's side, and as a coach uh, that he is, I think that is going to be very essential for him, confidence, and that is going to play a huge part uh, into their performance into the season. 
and uh, coming to the part about Atletico's interest, and I think they are also going to be very emphasized, uh, putting a lot of emphasis on how they are playing. Because Rowan Coel, again, uh, an English coach, he's looking at uh, a very direct approach to the game. Uh, but he has players who are very comfortable with the ball. So I think he needs to find the balance uh, of the way he's going to play. And uh, I think they're one team that can, you know, uh, cause a few upsets. Moving on then to a team that is widely anticipated. Uh, heading into their debut season in the Indian Super League and one of the most prominent and household names in Indian football history, East Bengal, of course, and you've said that it's York Bengal Club. Um, you know, it's 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 very nice, very refreshing to see them in the ISL. We want, uh, you know, their fans, the Red and Gold Brigade, of course, um, in full voice. Um, you can only imagine what um, the stadium would have been like, you know, heading into their first game in ISL history. But unfortunately, we're going into a season where there are no fans. So, East Bengal have had a huge three or four months where they've gone in from not being part of the ISL to being part of it and signing Robbie Fowler as their coach, signing Anthony Pilkington, Scott Neville and the likes as their foreign recruits. Um, how much of a um, roller coaster has it been for East Bengal the last couple of years? And how much do you expect from them? How much do you see these big changes affected them at the start of the season? I think East Bengal in the recent past has been really struggling in the sense that Mohan Bagan's picked up two I-League titles in, in the last few years. And uh, again, the merger also somehow left them in a position where they needed to be in the ISL. And for the last few months before these, uh, this, uh, uh, they could participate uh, in the ISL uh, with the help of Sri Cement. I think they were teasing. Uh, there were a lot of teasing uh, going on uh, between if they're going to be in the ISL because uh, they signed a flurry of players. They signed Kevin Lobo, they signed uh, Omid Singh and uh, it felt like all these signings are going to be for the ISL. But then again, there was no certainty in that sense. Uh, but again, we uh, can see he's bringing all these in the ISL and I think they've got a lot of political support from the chief minister of the state there. Uh, so, which is an interesting uh, interesting way of the, how they got their uh, way into the ISL. But coming back to the team, I think uh, the you know appointment of Robbie Fowler as a coach is an interesting one. I haven't followed Robbie Fowler in his stint in Australia. He was coaching Australia, right? No, he w- he wasn't he wasn't as good as people thought he was as a manager. They said that he wasn't cut out for the job. But not not a lot of good players end up being good managers. But let's see, Robbie Fowler's a new name in the uh, in the Indian circuit. And but again, uh, the skepticism comes from the fact that. Uh, English managers haven't had that much of a, uh, you know, influence into the Indian uh, Indian football. I think Trevor Morgan is a exception there. Uh, and Ashley Westwood. Ashley Westwood again, but again, Ashley Westwood just with Bangalore FC. Uh, if you have to, uh, you know, really point it out. But then again, these Bengal side uh, with their uh, foreign signings, like you mentioned, Anthony Pilkington, Scott Neville, they're very English heavy side in that sense. But they've also have also uh, have a lot of players, a lot of Indian players who are very experienced in that sense. You look at JJ, look at Balwant, Eugene Sun, uh, Narayan Das, uh, Bikas Jairu, and these guys probably don't uh, tell you the fact that okay, probably they are little going over the hill uh, because of their age. Uh, because of their performance in the recent years, but these guys are very experienced, and which is going to be very key uh, for Robbie Fowler because they they know how the game goes, they know the I cell, they know the I league uh, inside out, and they're going to be very essential for uh, Robbie Fowler to be really uh, you know imposing his way of football with the team, and I think that's going to be very uh, important for East Bengal going forward. 
Yeah, I look at the squad and I'm seeing a lot of the stalwarts and the veterans of Indian football. I'm really seeing um, some of them who used to throng and kind of were the face of the I League four or five years ago, uh, playing the trade for East Bengal. So, I, like you mentioned, I think experience counts. Um, it's all about whether they can gel together. Like we mentioned, there's so much uncertainty. Um, where do they click and how does Robbie Fowler kind of bring this group together? Because he himself is new to management. So, a lot of questions to be answered, but we hope that they have a successful campaign. Um, in this ISL. Um, another team that kind of flattered to deceive and has done for a few seasons now is Kerala Blasters. Um, you know, Kerala Blasters, <laughs> it's a joke for me because, you know, there's that so-called friendly banter between Bengaluru fans and Kerala fans after the uh, incident in 2017 between CK Vineet and uh, Kerala Blasters. But um, for us, it always feels like it's a victory whenever Kerala lose. And I... I, I, I Personally, I don't think it is. I think it's just something that's blown over the top. But it's funny to see how Kerala fans are so passionate. You know, you can't deny the fact that they're passionate. They want to come out and support their club. They're very vocal about their support for the club. And yet we see a lot, a lot of mistakes happening season after season within that club. So it's almost like the fans' expectations are so high that the club management can never get close to them. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps you have that uh, spot on because of the fans' expectation and how to throng the the stadium each and every game when fans were allowed back in the stadium kind of builds a lot of expectation onto the franchisee uh, and the owners to to be getting a lot of results. And I think that was one reason why they got uh, El Koshatori last season, and it just did not work out. It just not did not work out because I think the rise of uh, Sahal Abdul Samad was what the fans wanted to see on the pitch and the coach. Clearly denied. Clearly said that you know I don't agree to it. I think he. I think the rise rise is as drastic as the fall of Sahal Abdul Samad. To be honest, <laughs> absolutely. But again, he's you can't deny the fact that he's a he's a big talent. But again, at the young being being a young player, inconsistency comes along with it, and I think that's one thing he's been suffering from. Uh, let's say just a second season syndrome, uh, you can call it. But uh, going to the team, I think uh, with the new coach. I-League winner coach Kipu Vikuna who really took the I-League by storm uh, the way his team has played uh, the way Bagan had played the I-League and I think he's going to put the same kind of philosophy into the Kerala Blasters uh, and he's going to look to play with the ball much more uh, look to play there's a lot of you know if you've seen Bagan last season they were head and shoulders above all the other teams and it kind of showed the coach who is in terms of the, his quality much more much better uh, than the Ali coach coaches, but now he's in the next next level, and he has players who can actually uh, play the way he wants to play. Is Jackson Singh? He is, uh, you know, Nongdamra Naurim, who's he the young talent, and I think you should watch it, watch out for him. Uh, he's come from come from Mohan Bagan, and uh, I think again, but the reliance on goals, I think, is going to be on Gary Hooper uh, playing up front. Uh, and we also have Rahul KP, the young striker who's played the bulk of matches last season. So, the, I think there's a good... Uh, along with Sahal Abdul Samad also, I think Kerala can be a good team because they have a very good coach. And sometimes it's just... If they, you know, uh, get the right balance, it just works yeah, out. I, I can't resist myself from taking some digs at their off-pitch antics the off-season because, you know, Sandesh Ringan, um, you know, left Kerala Blasters in search of opportunities abroad. Didn't materialize because of COVID-19, but... They've retired his jersey number, which is quite funny. It reminds me of Jude Bellingham's jersey number being retired at Birmingham City. Um, you know, they've they've changed their CEO and their sporting director. 
um, along with the manager, which they seem to change every season. So Chennai and FC, um, you know, made were the, probably the biggest shock of last season, considering that they were bottom of the league at the mid-season point and. Um, um, Owen Coyle, Owen Coyle and Valskis, I mean, that combination, that duo, along with, you know, a uh, helping hand from Rafael Crivellero, Anirudh Thapa and the likes, it, it, it was a fantastic story to see how they put together an amazing run at the end of last season to make it eventually to the final. Um, what what do you think of that season and how much of a miss are Owen Coyle and Valskis? I think it's a big, big miss, to be very honest, because you've seen how prophetic he has been as a striker, Valskis. And Owen Coyle has also kind of bought into the, uh, the into the franchise for the last few years, and he kind of uh, really worked his way with the team. And they have been a good team who's put up a good challenge to all the other, uh, you know, the big clubs uh, in the ISL because Chennai and were a, a good team, always put up a good fight, and they did pull off a very good, uh, very few uh, surprises also. Uh, again, this team has been an ISL champion uh, twice, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, that, that's an important thing because only three teams have actually lifted the Arsenal Trophy. So, they account for one of the minorities and one of the special teams that have done it. And they have players who've had their experience, you know, with Chennai. And, um, you know, Anirudh Thapa, um, um, uh, Dhanpal Ganesh, who's coming back after an ACL, is one to watch for. Whether he can, re, um, you know, kind of rediscover the form that he showed in the title-winning season is uh, is to be seen. And... You know, along with the Indian core, you know, they've tried to add in a few foreign players to kind of make up for the, you know, the goals being lost through Valskis leaving. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Jakob Sylvester, who used to play for FC Nuremberg in Bundesliga 2 and for Dinamo Zagreb, um, fares because he has big shoes to fill. We're expecting the likes of uh, Changte and Thapa to step up to the fore and kind of add to the goal tally because that's where they kind of uh, suffered in the early parts of last season under John de Gregory, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a good season in the sense that Chennai are building upon from a good core. They they haven't made too many changes to their side, so we should be seeing something that is um you know a step towards the next um um next story or next chapter in Chennai's history. Moving on to Orisha FC, um one of the newer teams, and they actually. Formed as a result of Delhi Dynamo's changing base from Delhi to Odisha. And Odisha is, must stress that it is one of the emerging sports hubs of India. They're encouraging a lot of investment to their state. And this is one of the projects that they've launched uh, in association with their outspoken owner, Mr. Rohan Sharma, who I find quite amusing, to be honest. Um, but Odisha had little to no expectations going into last season. They had uh, pretty much a non-existent fan base even. And it was a good story, actually, to see how they stuck together with their head coach, Joseph Gambao, who himself has gone through a couple of rough years, I'd say, in the ISL. Um, he's had a lot of injury problems wherever he's um, managed, whether it's at Delhi or Odisha. And, I mean, to see Manuel Onwu, um, a Bengaluru FC reject at the middle of last season, go on and absolutely flourish at Odisha was a, was a huge surprise. He propelled them to fifth in the table, if I'm not mistaken, and um, that's that's a very very promising sign for Odisha going into the season. Absolutely, and I think uh, for Stuart Baxter, the coach right now, I think he's got a very good striker in Onu, who's uh, really taken to uh, taken to the team because he was really at odds at Bangalore FC. Uh, but now I think he what he should be uh, looking for is the Indian core that he has, and the big mistake that I was going to make uh, the young Indian player. 
the young Indian talent from Minerva Punjab who's come on to Odisha FC is Thoiba Singh. And he's played the bulk of games for Minerva in the whole uh, I-League. Uh, he's 17 to 18 years old, I think. And he's he's been a very good, he's a very good midfielder. Uh, and he can really impose himself in the centre of the park. And I think uh, if he gets his chance, I think this is one player that should be looking for. But I think there are other players around him who are going to be very essential because Vineet Rai is going to be looking to cement his spot in the Indian team. Uh, and then again, you have Gaurav Vora at the back, Shubham Sarangi at the back. And they have some uh, experienced players in come, going forward in Daniel Lalimpuya. Uh, so I think it's a side uh, that can, again, cause a lot of upsets. They can really, uh, you know, work their way up the table uh, because sometimes teams just surge on the basis of a player's form, you know, sometimes they can be a catalyst. Look at Bruno for United. Some, if somebody can turn up like that. So, the, I think Odisha has got a good good season to look ahead with. Yeah, this team or the core of this team has been in sync with Joseph Gambao, who's left. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, it's a new manager coming in and in, in the shape of Stuart Baxter. So, a lot of ideas, again, we're mentioning how a shortened preseason does, you know, affect these teams going into the new season. And, um, I think as a Scotsman, you expect him to, you know, grind out a few early results and then kind of build upon that heading into the latter stages. So, a uh, lot of rest with uh, how they gel together. But I, I still feel Odisha can kind of retain a fifth or sixth place finish this year if they if they manage to produce a few consistent results. Um, so, we're coming down to the three teams that we expect to be challenging for the title, I, I, I presume. Um, you know, we have ATK Mohan Bagan, we have Bengaluru FC and we have FC Goa. Um Fantastic sides um, and Mumbai City, of course. How could I forget? So let's start off with Mumbai City then, because the biggest off story or biggest story in the off season has been the takeover of uh, Mumbai City by the City Football Group. It has been the appointment of Sergio Lobera as their manager, the arrival of you know some of the most exciting players to ever grace the Indian Super League. You know we have Mandar Rao Desai, uh, Hugo Bumu, Ahmed Jahu. Uh, Ogbeche, uh, who was absolutely terrific for Northeastern United in his first season and Kerala last season, is now heading their line. And they've even, even managed to add to that um, amount of talent uh, in terms of foreign talent. You know, they've got Adam Lafondra, who at one point, you know, used to play for Blackburn in the Premier League. Um, he's playing for Mumbai City this season. I mean, how exciting is this team um, when you think about it? And also, adding on to that is Sergio Lobera's style of play, which is just beautiful to watch. I think uh, Sergio Lobera has got the perfect team after his, you know, the, the ill-fashioned exit from FC Goa. I, you know, you could never really expect Sergio Lobera to be uh, going away from the FC Goa, how he took to the team and how the team took to his philosophy. Uh, so, of course, uh, there's a it's a very exciting season season for Mumbai FC after the takeover with the uh, City Football Group. And I think the bucket load of goals, that this team has a lot of goals in Ogbeche and Lefondre. And it's very uh, going to be exciting to see how Adam really takes to the league. Because if he does take it by storm, there's a lot of goals for Mumbai FC coming up front. And they've got a huge talent into uh, in their midfield. They have a packed midfield if you really uh, say, look at uh, you know Raulin Borges. Yeah, they have... Rainier Fernandez, they have Ahmed Jahu, like you mentioned, and they have some young talents in uh, Vikram Pratap Singh. They've even got Farooq. Farooq Chaudhary has joined them from Jamshedpur. He had a fantastic breakthrough season. Absolutely, Farooq Chaudhary, uh, you know, up front and uh, sometimes uh, down the wings is very, very uh, good. But I think uh, there are other uh, young talents to see. Vikram Pratap Singh from uh, uh, from the Indian Arrows, and he scored a lot of goals for uh, India age group teams. If you if you remember, they have Bidin and the Singh who played for. 
East Bengal and then for ATK. Uh, again, a talent who didn't really get his chance uh, in the last two clubs. So, the, again, he has talent. But I think there's... I, it's a very personal opinion. I don't really rate uh, Mota out of fall as a very good uh, centre-back. I just maybe because of his attacking prowess that he has. But I sometimes think that there's an error in him. And, you know, if you're in the game and if I was a coach and I'd really say that, you know, you look for that error that Motara Falls is going to commit and you can really uh, sometimes, you know, uh, capitalize on that because I really, I'm not really convinced by that back line. Uh, again, they have a very good goalkeeper, Amrinder Singh. And I think if Gurpreet wasn't in, in and around India, I think Amrinder would have had the number one uh, shirt for India. So it's a good season for them. I think they are, again, as you mentioned, uh, likely to be challenging for the title. So I guess they're going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, exciting to watch. That's for sure. No matter the results, they will be fun to watch. Um, another team that was fun to watch last year actually was FC Goa under Sergio Roberto, of course. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, it still bemuses me as to why they parted ways because they were so close last season. They were leading the uh, table and eventually they did finish first, which means that they're playing in the AFC Champions League heading into this year. That's a big burden, I think, on their uh, shoulders and um, I think by signing Juan Ferrando, who I honestly think is an underrated manager as as long as Indian managers go or managers in the Indian Super League go, I think they've signed an equally capable manager to replace the big boots uh, left by Sergio Lobera. I think a very similar uh, manager, just like how Lobera plays, Juan Fernando, coming from the same, uh, uh, kind of same school of thought, uh, if you might say, but... Going to the team, and, and I really think uh, Juan Fernando is going to really impose his philosophy onto the team because his, because there's not we don't expect uh, a lot of change in the way they play, do we? Uh, so the so I think the coach and the team kind of fits each other, which is great. And I really have to mention the one one player who's really benefited from the fact that there's been a uh, reliance on Indian keepers is Mohammad Nawaz. He's really uh, become a mainstay at uh, FC Goa, even with the height. And you know, there's a perception. Uh, that goalkeepers need to be tall, need to be covering most of the area of the goal. And Mohamed Nawaz is a very, uh, you know, a small figure, but he's very agile, very good keeper. What do you, what do you have to say about him? I'm quite shocked that he's still in goal. To be honest, he's uh, for me, he's just too error prone. Um, and of course, in combination with that defense at FC Goa, they would always score four or five. But you know, they had a few errors in them. But it's good to see that he's been given his time. You know, he's one of the very few keepers that. Um, in Indian terms, can play out from the back with his uh, footwork. He's very calm and composed on the ball. Um, he might not have the biggest frame, but that that you know intelligence in terms of where to be when they're trying to build up play is fantastic to see in India. In Indian terms, at least, it's it's a first, I'd say. But in addition to what they've um, they've added with Juan Fernando, and um, you know they've they've added a fantastic striker. Uh, I can't stress how big a signing this is. For the Indian Super League in Igor Angulo. Um, he was the top scorer in the 2018-19 uh, Polish First Division season. The uh, And he scored, uh, I think, 20-25 goals or something. He's a very lethal striker. And who better to replace um, with than Koro? Because Koro has dominated Indian football, it's fair to say, the last couple of seasons. He, again, leaves big boots to be filled. And uh, what do you expect from Igor Angulo? Do you expect him to hit the ground running? I would. I think any any Goa fan and the manager would coming with the uh, with the fact that the reputation he brings along with him, being the top striker in the Polish league. So uh, I think he's going to bring a lot of experience, a lot of talent in the team, and I think that's a like for like re- replacement for how Koro has been for uh, for FC Goa and 
to the ISL because he's he's what I think Corvinas is is a legend of the ISL in its uh, short history top scorer in the ISL if I'm not wrong yeah yeah absolutely deserves a statue for sure at some point in his career outside the FC Goa stadium at Fatoda um but yeah FC Goa again which expect them to challenge and we expect a bit of a revitalized goa because their coach themselves has said that no one is guaranteed a starting berth and um that keeps competition drive we know they have a lot of youngsters within the setup um i wouldn't be surprised to see a few of them make their debuts in the first few weeks do do, do you see ishan pandita making a uh, making a debut getting his chance in the team i think he's one to watch but i also feel that he won't he won't play unless the coaches feel that he's you know able to play because i think for fc goa this is a player who has immense potential he's been playing in the third division in spain um as a youngster and he's uh he's got a lot a big way to go now you know the problem with players or indian players who are hyped up too much is that they expect there's a lot of pressure uh, put on their shoulders and we normally see a bit of a dip in their performance so i think goa and kind of manage this we will see a few appearances from him whether we see uh, moments of brilliance we have to wait and see but uh, exciting prospect to keep an eye on I think this team is uh let's say it's your team and Bangalore FC who have been really really dominant uh, from the first from the from the beginning from the time in I league and when they came on to the uh ISL uh, they have been they've been absolutely rampant in the way they have uh, gone about the business but again the last season they haven't had as much success as they would have wanted uh they've had problems with their striker uh they haven't really had found the best combination up front and Carlos Quadrat has uh, kind of mentioned that he's looking to uh, find an indian frontline who's who's going to be uh, his uh, go to uh, the front three and what do you, how do you see this team uh, shaping up now with the new uh, signing of fran gonzales forget the indian front three there is no indian front three this season we have a foreign front three um i mean you could say that it might be two foreigners and one indian but you know christian opset you know there is it's a no brainer as to why he was inside uh, we bfc have needed a striker for so long since Miku left that the void just became an obvious one that Manuel Onwu couldn't fill Deshaun Brown only had a few games to kind of take that spot but uh, you know now with Cleeton Silva joining um and kind of both these players I think Opset and Cleeton Silva will support Chetri Chetri relies on support we saw in the two seasons with Miku that partnership was fantastic you know they fed off each other and the same goes about this season you know with two players who kind of play along his line or ahead of him i think he could thrive on it and this is this is a natural step i feel for carles quadrat because uh, i was a big critic of him last season when bsc would only score goals through set pieces but what i must give him credit for is the fact that defensive performances were fantastic um he kept the team in the game um even though the attack failed to deliver on most occasions and i put that down to the fact that you know you have one on at the back you know i i would say probably one of the best ever defenders to grace uh indian shores um a fantastic defender who's played now four seasons for bfc he's been a rock at the back um so for bfc it's not it's a natural progression towards a side that can actually score goals from open play and um yeah a few signings that that have me licking my lips but how much do you think the uh t- the transfer of nishu kumar is going to affect because we have seen ashik play left back for india 
uh, and for BFC in some occasion. Do you think the because Nishu Kumar has been really, really performing really well for uh, Bangalore FC? How big a miss is going he going to be? I don't really want to get salty about Nishu Kumar because uh, his development has been fantastic. Uh, he's made the Indian squad just through uh, two seasons of hard work with BFC, and he's a he's a humble guy, but. When he left BFC, he left his sartiest in my mouth because uh, he went there for the money. He went to Kerala Blasters for the money. Um, so Ashik is, I think, tipped to start a left back, uh, at least at the start of the season. BFC have signed Ajit Kumar from Chennai City to fill in that Nishu role, but he will take some time to adapt. So um, it looks like Ashik will probably fill in at left back and Udanta will fly on the right, um, on the right wing. Um, but I also want to add that Suresh, who... You know, represented India the Under-17 World Cup and made his debut for BFC last season. Uh, watch out for him because he can pick pockets, he can play the passes, and he can run. You know, two games uh, back back to back. So fantastic player to watch, and I think he'll have a great season for. I BFC. think one more experienced signing they've got is Pratik Chaudhary uh, because uh, he's he's been in and out. He's not the name that uh, you know who would click in a game, but he's been in and around for. Uh, in the ISL for a long time, Pratik Chaudhary can play multiple positions, doesn't he? Yeah, that's that's more to add to depth because now you have Fran Gonzalez, like you mentioned, who's joined in from Mohan Bagan. Um, there's a bit of depth at the centre-back position, which was um, not, you know, it wasn't there last season. And that also allows Carlos to kind of play around with the squad balance because, um, you know, the midfield was very stale last year. It was Eric Bartolo and Dimas Delgado playing every single game. And I don't think that's feasible uh, going into this compressed season. So um, it makes sense having more options in defense and also playing around with a two, a four at the back or a five at the back because that is, you know, that's one of the hallmarks of Carlos. He kind of gets the defense right and then thinks about going forward. So um, again, expecting them to challenge for the title. Anything short of that is a disappointment. I think the last uh, team in our roster is ATK Mohan Bagan. I think the team. Uh, the most sought-after team right at this point in time, the team on paper which is looking and is expected to win every game they are playing. And uh, what do you what do you have to say about this merger and uh, the team that is now ATK Mohan Bagan, two champions of the two leagues of uh, India? What do you, how do you expect them to uh, take shape? Listen, they are the bankrollers of Indian football at this point in time. Um, just look at their squad, and I think every player has you know. He, he could probably walk into another ISL side. It's, it's insane the amount of depth they have in their squad, the amount of quality they have. And there's no surprise that they won the ISL title last year. You know, and Roy Krishna and David Williams, possibly the best uh, strike partnership in the ISL and possibly in ISL history. Um, and the merger only adds to that fanfare because now with Mohan Bagan being involved um, more and more in the franchise and ATK kind of being uh, dwindled out of, um, you know, the, the club. I might say um, there's a lot more of a of a pride feeling back. I think uh, about this club and any success they go on to achieve is now um, success in the eyes of Mohan Bagan, which is quite funny because Mohan Bagan have done not too much to kind of influence how the squad has been shaped. But again, you know, retaining their key players, um, adding a bit in the sign. I mean, signing of Sandesh Jingan is is it's fantastic for them um, and re-signing Tiri as well to kind of show up that back line. Um, I have no reason to think that they'll be in the top two uh, heading into the season. I think their priority might be to actually finish at the top of the league phase because they want to play in the AFC Champions League. But yeah, what, what is your take on how they've reshaped their squad, if I might say? Because they've signed a few players that might just, you know, kind of disrupt the fluid system that they had last year. I think ATK has, I think I've followed ATK since the start of their 
ISL campaign and uh, Habas has been one person who's just been in around 80k of the first season then he's come back and he's won the league and he's he's a serial winner some some in a way you can uh, call him the Jose Mourinho of the ISL in it because of the how he plays <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <they're, laughs> to be very honest they've they've been it's a squad that really you know other teams are going to be very very jealous of and i think there's a very uh, you know a niche squad that uh, Habas is picked because if you look at the back line, you see Prabir Das, you see uh, Pritam Kotal, you see Sandesh Jingan and you have Shubhashish Bose uh, at the same time. So even if he just takes TDR out of the squad, he has a back four or a back three that can easily, uh, you know, to take any any team and, you know, shore up their defense in a very good defense in that sense. And that leaves him room to put all these transfers that he has, all the money that he has paid for this foreigners, big foreigners to play up front. And uh, which is going to be very exciting to see because David Williams, Roy Krishna, as you mentioned, very prolific uh, frontline players. But one person who just pops up from somewhere and just scores goals on a regular basis is Edu Garcia. The man is, you know, he's so brilliant to watch the kind of quality he brings. And he, you you find him at the right place at the right, right time, even if he's playing just five minutes. Can you imagine he played five minutes in the game, scored two goals? I saw him firsthand as well at BFC. You know, no surprises there. Um, you know, and he has he has fantastic players to feed as well. So he has players to pick out, and you, the moment you give him space, I guess he's lethal. I think the young talent here also, and and we have somehow it's been out of character for uh, Antonio Habas, who you know sometimes relies on his experience, on the experienced players that he has, on the big names that he has. He gave a chance to Sumit Rathi last season and he's he was a very good mainstay into the team in the later phase of the game phase of the tournament he played a f- lot of games on the left side center back road which kind of suited him uh, and i'm really excited to see how he incorporates uh, sumit rathi again and uh, sheikh sahil who has been a big mainstay for a coach like uh, kibo vikuna last season for mohan bagan and he's in the squad uh, somewhat very sad for komal thattal who's been pushed out to the reserves now right now uh he's still with the team but again we might not see the meteoric rise as we have seen of Komal Tattar during the under 17 world cup and i think it just faded out since then but sk sahil uh Sheikh sahil and uh manvi singh as well manvi singh, singh also yes of course manvi singh but i think that's again these young players who come into these big sides and there's a lot of competition for them and uh, how much does that affect their playing uh playing time, the, the kind of playing time they get. And that's very essential for India because uh, in the larger context of the game, we are really trying to find a, uh, a replacement or, a, or, a, or the new, new Sunil Chetri for that matter. So I think on the basis of the, the four teams we've spoken about in the latter half of this podcast, you know, ATK Mohan Bagan, Bengaluru FC, FC Goa and Mumbai City. This is a clear distinction, I'd feel, in my opinion, from the rest of the league in terms of their quality. And the quality will shine. You might not say in the first two or three weeks because these teams have their own styles about how they play. They're not just teams that go out and try to get a 1-0. Um, so that's, that's, that's why it's exciting to watch this season. It's so much more interesting than the season's gone by because you have four teams that have invested a lot of money, invested a lot of time, and are going full tilt for this ISL title. And it must remind you that if you're new to the ISL, the way it works is that there's a league phase um, after each team plays each other twice. And the first team, uh, the team that places first in the in the league phase, uh, automatically qualifies for the AFC Champions League. 
and the top four obviously qualify for the semi-finals. And eventually, the winner of the ISL trophy, if it's different from the uh, from the team who finished first in the league phase, uh, gets an AFC Cup spot. So, a lot of Asian competition on the line for a lot of these teams, and it's it's only natural that you expect these teams to fight tooth and nail for these positions. So, go on, then give me a bold prediction. What who do you see finishing uh, first in the league phase, and who do you see? Lifting the trophy. I think the team that's going to be most consistent with, or or let's say because the because the shortened number of games that they're, they're going to be playing, I think they're going to be playing twenty games each uh, each team. It's going to be very essential on the team that peaks at the right time, that, that picks up form at the right time, uh, because at the end of the day, the game number of games are very short. Uh, every point counts, and I think in the league phase, uh, just going by how consistent uh, Sergio Lobera's team has been, I think Mumbai City. Uh, are tipped to be uh, the league champions just because of how consistent they have been. Because ATK have a few uh, ups and downs in their uh, in their in their to, uh, in the in their campaign. I I really see ATK dropping points uh, sometimes because somehow somewhere somehow you really feel that too many cooks spoil the broth. Uh, so that's there, and I think uh, FC Goa again and Bangalore FC again. If Bangalore FC get it right, I think they are a team that can take any uh, any team in and around uh, uh, Asia to be uh, for a good competition. So, I think it's between ATK, uh, Bangalore FC and Mumbai City. But I really see uh, Mumbai City getting that league spot and I really see somewhere, someone between ATK and Bangalore FC getting the uh, the knockout title. Yeah, that's, that's well said. I think I can only look towards my uh, loyalty towards uh, Bangalore FC and I, after a disappointing season last year where uh, no one would expect it BFC to be so bad. Um, there's only one way for or one way, and that's forward. So, um, with the consistency, I think it's going to be a titanic battle between Mumbai City and Bengaluru FC. Who, I think, both of these teams kind of place the importance um, a bit more on Asian football than the other two contenders that we just mentioned. So, I think it's going to be a battle between them for the top spot and for the title. You know, I expect ATK to win the title again because if you if you give them one game and you say you have to win this game. I don't see any team more suited to that kind of an approach than ATK Mohan Bagan. They have match winners in their team. Um, they have a fantastic set of, um, you know, talented youngsters who can probably, you know, make a name for themselves on the big stage. And we only wait to see what is in store for this uh, mouth-watering ISL season that begins today. Um, that was a long one, of course, but we're very excited for this season. We're excited for a lot of individual battles and a lot of stories that... Um, you know, kind of develop over the course of the season. And we'll be here every Wednesday. We're here for a weekly review of the Indian Super League. So make sure that you join us um, every Wednesday from now on and um, do watch the games because I think it is going to be fun. It's going to be a good watch. So thank you then, Debideep. Thank you for your time on this build-up to the ISL. And we're almost um, at the starting point of a five-month journey. So thank you for your time. And if you're watching on YouTube, please do subscribe. Leave a like on the video and make sure that you don't miss a single one of our uploads in the future. Thank you and goodbye.